So we're just doing things a little bit differently today. So we keep you on your toes. So you never know what to expect when you come to Light and Life Church. Um, we are going to dismiss for Children's Church. But before we go, Children's Church workers, uh, Rhonda, who's in charge today downstairs? Okay, so when you hear the music, can you just hold off? And we're going we're to actually uh, talk about uh, who God is today. And then we're going to practice it in worship. So just when you hear the music, don't release the kids. And we're going to just end with two songs. So if you just give us a little bit of time before you release them. Okay? All right. Kids, you're dismissed for Children's Church. There goes half the congregation. Which is, which is a good thing, isn't it? How amazing it is. A church full of the future church. Pretty amazing. Jerry, will you just make sure that door gets closed and keep the cool air in? So we are not Catholic. That's not why we have you up and down and up and down and up and down. Uh, I told you throughout this worship series that we're just going to do some things a little bit differently. And sometimes we'll start out with the sermon and then do our entire worship set um, to just kind of give you a reason to worship. Today we just decided to do the fast songs and we'll go into the slow songs uh, at the end. Let's open in prayer. Father, we just thank you for who you are. I don't know if we can wrap, wrap our human minds around that, but as much as we can, Lord, we are so thankful that we serve a mighty, powerful, powerful God. The God of gods, right? The creator. We are overwhelmed by your presence in our lives. Lord, as we think of some of us, as we think of where we've come from and what you've saved us from, and some of us in the room are thinking, without you, Lord, where would I be? And it's not a pretty picture without you. And so we stand in awe today in holy reverence of who you are. Help us, Lord, to learn something new about you as we go into the names of God. Give us a reason to worship. Some of us just need a reason to get our joy back. Give us a reason to worship, Lord. Give us more insight on your heart and who our daddy is in heaven and how much you love us and care for us and protect us and guide us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're a first or second time guest with us this morning, we're really glad that you're here. We are not live on Facebook because our worship leader and the media team decided to do vacation together. So we have to talk to them about that. Um, so we are not live on Facebook, but I'm really glad to have a, a, a temporary team back there uh, running the media. So uh, don't be hard on them, okay? They're going to do the best they can with the strength that Christ gives them, right? So thank you both back there. Um, we are excited because last week uh, was the introduction to a new series that we started on worship. And if you missed last week, I encourage you to get it on CD. Uh, if I can edit it and get it on the website, we'll get it on there this week. Um, so you can always just scroll down to the, to the worship series and listen to it. Uh, we really just hope that you're blessed by being with us. I think we're pretty fabulous people who are just running after God with all of our heart, right? We're not perfect, 
We're, we're here at church. Be, you know, see, the world thinks we go to church because we think we're perfect. We're here because we know we're not. And we cannot survive without the Holy Spirit in our lives and the presence of God, right? But what we really hope is that you're transformed by being in the presence of God, as I said earlier. Last week, we said that the first thing that you need to understand is that worship is not limited to songs. Are you listening? Worship is not limited to songs. It's not even limited to a worship service. But I think that's what a lot of Christians have reduced this to. So the question really is like, how much do I worship God outside these walls? Because I do a pretty good job on Sunday morning putting my game face on, my Sunday morning face. But how well do I do outside? Do I only worship on Sundays for an hour and a half? Because we're to worship God at work. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. That's so funny because so many of you are miserable at work. You hate your job. You've allowed the enemy to not see the blessing of your job. (laughs) You're to be worshiping God all day at work. And the world is supposed to see it. And they're supposed to think you're weird. Because when you get weird enough, they're going to come up to you and say, what is wrong with you? (laughs) Oh, I couldn't wait for you to ask me that question. We're to worship Him at home with our marvelous teenage children. Even that 13-year-old daughter or 12, about to be 13, 12. I wasn't even thinking of her, but I was just thinking, you're the only one I know that's really close because, man, I tell you, that 13-year-old stage with my daughters was rough. I don't know how, if I even worshipped at all during that period. <laughs> Okay, I don't know. Maybe I was on my knees a lot. I, don't, I, don't, it, I tried to block that out, okay? We are to worship, and I know some of you are in the middle of this. We are to worship in battle. And some of you are in battle. We're to worship if we get sent to jail. We're to worship in bed. And remember what I said last week, and Angel backed it up uh, with, with some scripture. We are to worship in our sleep. See, if we fill our minds with the right stuff throughout the day, we will dream about God. And we will dream about things of God. And God will give us visions and dreams in our sleep about the future and the past and the present. I mean, come on. But if we're filling it with crap, that's what we're going to dream about. Okay? I don't know. I don't know if I'm right. The point is, is worship should be our first activity when we open our eyes in the morning and our last activity when we close our eyes at night. Worship is what connects us to intimately with God, we said last week, and it's one of the key ingredients to changing your life. So I'm going to put these two statements from last week up because I thought they were very powerful. We haven't even started today's message, so bear with me. It's, we do have a lot of ground to cover. We will worship something or someone. Isn't that true? We will. The question is who or what? So John Riley, when we talk about worshiping at work and at home, I want you to think about this. This was his quote about worship. Worship is everything we think, everything we say, and everything we do, revealing that which we treasure and value most in life. Everything we, everything we think, so think about, well, you know, I really need to get my tongue in order and I need to worship him better with my mouth. Think about trying to worship him up here and not letting the enemy reign up here. I think that would help your mouth, right? We have been designed to worship by God. So it isn't enough, we said last week, to get, enough, uh, to get a little religion in your life. The men and women that God is looking for are the ones who are consumed. Everybody say consumed. Consumed with adoration and worship for their creator. Yeah. 
24 hours a day, from the time you open your eyes to the time you close them. And so then we ended with this question, which leads us into today. If we're going to worship him, shouldn't we know who we're worshiping? We should know who he is, right? So that's what we're going to do for the next two weeks. I just want to show you who God is. And by by the way, we're we're still not even to the sermon that Tom Seaman wrote, okay? This is all just stuff that I wanted to do before we even started it. So it's kind of like a three-part introduction. Go with me to John chapter 4, if you will. If you didn't bring a Bible under the chairs in front of you are black Bibles. If you don't know where John is, you can go to page 1053. 1053. John chapter 4. I won't have you turning a lot. I just want you to turn here, and then we're just going to kind of zip through. All the verses will be up on the screen. If you can keep up with me to highlight and make notes, that's great, but you're probably just going to want to jot something down and go back to it later, just for the sake of time. Remember we talked about how Jesus taught the woman at the well the heart of the Father when he said in John 4, 23, yet a time is coming and now has come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshipers that the Father seeks. Remember that from last week? The Father is seeking true worshipers. But why did he say that to this Samaritan woman at the well? Let's look at the verse right before that statement to see why. John 4, 22. You Samaritans worship... I can't hear you. What you do not know. So... Would you agree when I, with me when I say that that's a problem? Okay, maybe not. So maybe I can convince you before you leave here. Maybe you are here this morning and you have just begun a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've just restored your relationship with him. Maybe you really don't know who God is, who Jesus is. So I want to help you with that this morning and next week. Maybe you've been a believer for a long time, but you've forgotten who God is. And Some of us are questioning that because of what's coming out of your mouth, the negativity about your life. Maybe you've forgotten who he is and what his role could be in your life. Maybe, just maybe, we are worshiping God for who we want him to be instead of who he really is. Ooh, that's good right there. That's so good, it's worth repeating. Maybe we are worshiping God for who we want him to be instead of who he really is. Maybe that's why, even as believers, we are finding ourselves struggling with discouragement and depression and loneliness and addictions and sickness because we have forgotten who God really is. And we have forgotten about the power behind his name. Maybe. So I don't want you to just discount what we are about to do together. It is very powerful, and it's important to know and to affirm who God is. And true worshipers are on an eternal quest to know God, right? Isn't that our goal here? It's not to make it to heaven. It's to know God. And we said last week, it's also equally important to experience who He is in every area of our lives. And that usually happens in our worship to Him. Listen, I'm not saying that this is an easy quest Because God is a God sometimes that reveals himself, and sometimes he hides himself. I don't know why, but that's just the way he works sometimes. But knowing who he is will not only help us to express our worship to him, but it will also inform and shape the way we worship, and it will reveal why we worship. So here's the big question for the day. 
do you know who God is? Do you know his name? Do you know his names? There are hundreds of them, so I don't expect you to know all of them. But what do you know of God? We're going to take a look at some of them, but for the sake of the time, we're just going to hone in on a few today, and then we're going to look at some more next week. We are not going to cover all 900, okay? Just a couple, so relax. It's not going to be a long summer. You realize August is right around the corner. Yeah. With just this little list that we're going to cover, it should help you be able to know who you are worshiping. This short list should change the way and the why that you worship from now on. So here are in your notes the names of God to help us know who God is. By the way, for the record, I'm not a Hebrew or Greek scholar, so I will mispronounce probably all of these words. I promise you, okay? Ready? Number one in your notes. Elohim. Elohim. However you want to say it. Elohim. This is... The Hebrew translation in your notes for the name God means God. It is the very first title of God that you encounter in the Bible. It shows up over 2,500 times in the Bible. So it must be important for us to understand the meaning of it. Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning God, Elohim, created the heavens and the earth. In your notes, the word describes God's power and authority. It, it describes a lot more, but it really... To encapsulate, it's just his power and authority. His greatness and glory. He is, listen, this is so big. This is so big as you encounter people in the world. He is the God of gods. The highest of all. Elohim gives us a new view of God's power. He becomes the God who creates. Try to wrap your human minds around that. So when someone tells you that they don't believe in your God, you can just say to them, hey... My God created your God. You might want to watch the tone of your voice when you say it, right? Because we're not in the business of escalating conversations about God, right? In your notes, it is shown in the very first verse in the Bible that God is the creator. God is the creator. I'm, I'm just thinking that our view of God may be too small. What do you think? Genesis 1-1 makes the statement that a tremendous, mighty, unimaginable power and creativity was used to create the universe. That should get a lot of amens. I mean, wow, if there's anything else, the fact that he created the universe should blow our minds and not want to serve any other gods. By the way, do you know how big the universe is? Let's start in our own backyard. From what we know, did you know that the Milky Way galaxy is made up of 100 billion stars? The universe is made up of 100 billion galaxies. And the total number of stars is, yeah, that number. It's called 100 sextillion and then triple that number. Now, let's balance that with the Word of God. Check this out. Isaiah 40, 26. Lift your eyes and look to the heavens. Who who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls them each by name. Because of His great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. He knows exactly where they are. Elohim has named each one of the stars that he created, and he knows where each one of them are. That is amazing. We should stop right there and just go into worship. That's enough for me. 
But did you also know, and this is so cool when I researched this, that the sun is an all-consuming ball of fire that is 27 million degrees at its core. Our sun is one of the small stars. But look at the words all-consuming. What do we know about our God? Well, look at Hebrews 12, 28, 29. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Wow, that's such a great word right there. Let us be thankful and so worship God. Everybody say worship God, right? Come on. Acceptably and with reverence and awe. For our God is the sun. An all-consuming fire that never fades and never burns out. Wow. Did you also know that without the moon, there would be no tides. There would be no vacation in Myrtle Beach. I mean, maybe, but it'd be pretty boring. The earth is tilted at 23 degrees, and if, it were just, if there was just a slight change in this tilt, the north and south poles would be colder and the equator would be much hotter, and only half of the land on planet earth could be lived on. And many plants and animals would instantly die if there was just a one to two degree change in it. Wow. Psalms 19.1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. We don't even have to have an experience in church, folks. All you have to do is look at nature to go, wow, there is a God. There's scripture that says that. Did you know that there are over 1 million animal species and close to 2 million plant species and 950,000 species of insects? I killed one of them this morning. Sorry, Lord. But it was freaking me out in the shower, okay? If that isn't amazing enough, do you know that all, of all of God's creations, the greatest thing that He created is you? Did you know that you have 15 extremely complex systems that make up your body? Your circulatory system has 75,000 miles of blood vessels. Your heart is the most trustworthy pump in the world. It beats 100,000 times in one day and about 35 million times in a year. There are 60 trillion cells in an adult body. Your brain has over 100 billion cells in it. Unless you smoke marijuana. Yes, I did say that. And that one cell is more complex than all of New York City. What do you say to that? Maybe wow? Maybe fall to your knees and begin to worship now? This is my point. <laughs> I love this. Your God is too big. He's too big to be messing with sin. He's too big to be serving someone else or something else. Why would you? Oh my. And if you can handle all of this about God, here's another cool thing about this Hebrew word, Elohim. This is really awesome. The ending of this word is plural, which means it involves more than one person. Hmm, isn't that interesting? Elohim. No other single word could describe this element of God's personality. The word describes the divine trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So let me give you an analogy to kind of help you with this if, if you're struggling with how that all works. So just think about God as the architect in your notes. You can fill this in. God is the architect. 
Jesus is the builder. And remember, this was part of our Driven by Eternity series. Remember, John Bevere presented this. Jesus is the builder, and the Holy Spirit is the one who breathes life into the structure, which is you. Wow. I want you to listen carefully to this because it has the potential to not only change your view of God, but also some of you need a different view of yourself. Are you ready? Elohim takes on this plural definition then, right? It means those who are mighty and powerful. Those three people. Mighty and powerful. Those who are creative and sovereign. God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And the best part is this. When you invite Jesus into your heart, that same might, power, creativity, and authority is available to you. It is in you. That's why it should be life-changing to know the Lord. You shouldn't be still doing the same things year after year. You should see some constant change. You should be bettering yourself. Because the living God who created the universe is in you. Woo! Wow, that's enough to stop and have Amy come now. God said in Genesis 1, let us make man in our image after our own likeness. Elohim is the name in which God reveals His power. And God knows how to take care of His creation. He knows how to take care of you. So why don't you stop trying to take care of you and let Him? You know the control thing? If you've entered into a covenant relationship with Him, He is the God of might and power. And if He can give Abraham and Moses, I want you to think of their stories, and David and Joseph and Job... If he can give them the might and power to win, he can give you the might and power to win as well. So what is it going to take for you to realize the impact of having a covenant or promise with an almighty Elohim God? The God who's more than able to put you over any mountain or difficulty that you face. If God, Elohim, is for you, who can possibly be against you? He knows where every star is and He's named them. He knows every hair on your head. I don't know if He's named them, but probably. Some of them are named Gray and some of them are named Died. <laughs> I didn't mean to look at you, but <laughs> I didn't. It just No, no, seriously, that's just where my eyes were, but I really wasn't thinking that. Some are named Short, some Long, some Curly, right? I don't know. Some goes. <laughs> yeah, we, we had a service for those hairs. Yeah. Right? What is it going to take, folks, for you to realize Elohim? The God who can take care of all of your situations if you allow Him to. In your notes. Elohim is more powerful than any person or thing that exists. And guess what? He's on your side. If he's your master and Lord, as we're going to get into next. God wants you to rely on him as your source of power and might. He wants to be Elohim to you, for you, and in you. And the very circumstance that you are in right now, will you just, let's just close our eyes. Father, just the, the, the thing that we're in right now, whatever it is, a financial situation or uh, even maybe a, Sticky family reunion today. I don't know how that's going to go. 
Maybe it's going to be difficult, but whatever it is, Lord, uh, our job, our children, our finances, our addiction, Father, will you just renew our mind and our spirit and our soul and our hearts today? Renew our view of who you are so that it will renew our view of ourself and it'll wreck our worship. In Jesus' name, amen. Right? This should change your emotions. Every time you see the word God, I want you to think that that's Elohim, the God of might and power, and He's my God. And folks, this is just one of the names of God. There are like 900. Wow. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to start singing now. Just this one. I know some of you are thinking, well, why don't we? We'd get out of here earlier, but just because I'm a preacher and I like to talk. So hang in there. What are you in such a hurry for? Just this one name only has the potential of changing how you worship. Number two. Number two in your notes. Adonai. It has dough in it, so any hunter will love this name. Adonai. This word appears about 300 times in the Old Testament. It's one of the names that a lot of people struggle with. You want to know why? Go ahead, Katie. Put it up there. Uh Uh-oh. Because it means Lord. It means Master. It means God is Lord and we are His servants. Lord, the definition means master or ruler, owner. I I capitalize that because I think when you see that in the definition of Lord, you really struggle with that one. Well, no one owns me. Well, that's sad. Because someone owns me. Superior. Adonai reflects our responsibility as his servants. In other words, in your notes, knowing him as Adonai, Lord, will help you in making a deeper commitment to him. As Lord and Master in your notes, Adonai protects, it provides, and directs his people. I'll give you a minute to fill those in. If I know that I'm the servant of Adonai, I'm going to have a deeper commitment to him. I'm going to have a deeper commitment to his church. And I'm going to have a deeper commitment to my responsibilities in the church. And in my life, with my children, in my job. Because what what does the Bible or what does the Lord say about your job? Do it as unto him. This is why it's so crucial to have more than religion in your life. There are a lot of Christians who have still not made God Lord and Master of their lives. And that is why they struggle with so much without ever reaching a solution to the, or the end to their problems. They have not yet surrendered their wills to their Father. Genesis 15, 1 and 2 talks about God's covenant with Abraham. Look at how Abraham addresses God. Adonai tries to direct and provide for him. And it says in verse 1 of Genesis 15, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. There he goes. There's the heart of Adonai. Do not be afraid of losing your job. I'll take care of you. Do not be afraid that your car blew up yesterday. I'll take care of you. Plus, look at all the people that love you. They're not going to let you fail. Abram, I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abraham said, Sovereign Lord. I just want you to look at how he addressed him. Don't read on because it's kind of a negative here. But but just look at how he addressed him. Sovereign Lord. Start your prayers like that. Sovereign Lord. Thank you for loving me. 
Sovereign Lord, Abraham says, Master, in your notes, Adonai is the master whose servants have chosen to serve him because they love him. Chosen to serve him because they love him. Some of you are here this morning and you have never chosen God as your Lord and Master. And I don't have to know you to know your story. You've been running around for years looking for something to fulfill you. You've chased all kinds of gods. Can I tell you something? Your search this morning is over. He's right here. You're seeing him. You're feeling him. You're you're experiencing him. Elohim, Adonai. God wants you to make a decision today to make him Lord and master of your life. And I'm not just talking to unbelievers. I'm talking to some of you Christians that have not yet surrendered your life to him. We can help you at the end of today's service if you've never said a prayer. Or you can just talk to God yourself. That's what's really cool. Just ask him to forgive you from your past. He can wipe your slate totally clean. And then ask him to be the Lord and master of your life. You don't have to get perfect before you start this. You don't take a bath before you get in the shower, right? So it's just ridiculous. Come to him as you are. He'll accept you just as you are. Don't compare yourself to other Christians in the room. And then just keep coming to a church that preaches the truth and and keep learning about what that means for you. And we will join you if you join us. We will join you as a church and we will help you to learn about Adonai, the master of whose servants have chosen to serve him because they love him. Do you know the word bond slave? Have you ever heard bond slave before? It's, it's found in Exodus 21. Uh, the Israelites allowed slavery on a limited basis. So if a man was so poor that he could not support himself financially, or if he was in danger of poverty or starvation, he could actually go to an Israelite and say, could I be your slave for six years? As a slave, this man was responsible for obeying every order and his master would provide all of his food, all of his lodging, all of his direction and protection for those six years. Slaves were subject to all of their master's desires during that six-year period. It was, it was a covenant relationship. I'm, I'm also reminded of the scene in the Garden of Gethsemane, Gethsemane where Jesus is praying about the physical death that he's about to face. Remember this scene in Luke 22? And he says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. And that's exactly what happened, right? An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Jesus was saying, I am more than a servant. I am a bond slave to my Father's will. No matter the cost, I will perform your will, not mine. That was what he was basically saying. And you know, today he still carries the signs of his bond slavery. Scars on his hands, his back, his feet, and on his head. Jesus, the bond slave to his Father, willingly hung on the cross and pierced because he loves you. The reason that this one is so tough for some of us is because we cringe at the thought of God having complete ownership of us. Because no one owns me. I have rights. I'm a free spirit. Nobody can tell me what to do. Right? This is is what society tells you. I have to be my own person. If that's you this morning, I have news for you. You are not a free spirit. You have been bought with a price. 
You are not a free spirit. You have been bought with a price. You've been purchased for the expensive price of your master's own blood. But in becoming a bond slave to Adonai, you will be free in him. You will have freedom, just not freedom to do whatever you want to do that leads you really to death. Right? The only freeing spirit is the Holy Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. You have to understand that you can receive Jesus as your personal Savior and still not make Him the master of your life. In your notes. Let's tie the two together. You can only know Him as Elohim when you put Adonai in the place of control in your life. Uh Uh-oh. Some of you were like, yeah, um, no. That's not going to happen. Well, that's what Abraham kind of was struggling with. Genesis 15, 2. Let's go back to that story. Abram said, O sovereign Lord, what can you give me? What can you possibly give me? See, this is what happens when you take control of your own life. You start losing faith in God. Or you lose your faith first and then you take control. What can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? Abraham knew that he had made a covenant with God. But for a moment, just like we do, I think he forgot the Elohim and the Adonai God that he served. And he says, "Um, God, uh, remember your promise to me? Well, I'm getting old. And you made me a promise, but it can't be fulfilled without children. Do you realize that? Do you realize that, Elohim? Hello? Do you notice me, God? I mean, how many of us have done this? Do you see my struggles? Listen, if he has placed every star in place and named them, he knows what's going on in your life. Okay? Can we just settle that right now? Stop the pity party. God doesn't love me. He doesn't care for me. He doesn't even know I exist, so I might as well just end my life. No. That's a lie from the enemy. He's Elohim. He knows where every star is, and he knows right where you are this morning. Now I wish I was on Facebook, because I'd go, and some of you are at home. No. Abraham, Abraham, Abraham. Um, God, I'm getting old, and you made me a promise. Where are you? How are you going to do this? Have you ever thought to yourself, I thought I had a covenant with the Lord. Why aren't his promises coming past in my life? Have you ever thought that? My question back to you is, have you really made him your master? Many people think the word master describes someone who's going to squeeze them under their thumb. Isn't that what the world, world's view of God is? He's a God up there with an iron hammer and he's just waiting for you to mess up so he can go, yeah, you messed up, you're done. That's what they think. But that's not who God is. That's not, that's not true of God. He wants to lift you up and give you authority. Think about that. He wants to release you into who he is. Okay, maybe you're not getting it. The Adonai wants you to be very, 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 very victorious. Adonai wants to protect you and care for you, but if you won't let him, he can't. He won't, I should say. Because he's given you free will. Right? It took the Apostle Paul for a while to, be, to, to make God Adonai in his life. Remember, Paul used to uh, have Christians arrested and killed for a living. Paul's heart was softened softened the moment he said, you are my master. Listen to his heart later on 
after he had surrendered his, to his new owner, Adonai. This is Paul speaking, 1 Corinthians 7, 22. For he who was a slave when he was called by the Lord is the Lord's freed man. Similarly, he who was a free man when he was called is Christ's slave. In your notes, Paul began to understand that commitment is crucial in order to have results. Commitment is crucial in order to have results. If you want to be totally free, be 100% committed to the Lord as His bond slave, and you will be free no matter what's going on in your life. There will be no fear. There will be no worry. When you place Him in command and follow His direction, you are free from worry and fear. You are free. Do you see how you can affect the whole world by making Him Adonai in your life? You will. You will impact your workplace. You will impact your church. You will impact your neighborhood by making Him Lord over your life. And when you enter into any kind of worship, just surrender every aspect of your life to Him. Lord, and some of you need to do this in your prayer time. Lord, I give you my children. I am done trying to control them or overprotect them. You know, you do your thing as a parent, right? We're not supposed to just say, Lord, you take care of them and let them go wherever they want. We do our part, but some of us are over-controlling, over-protective, over-worried, over-fearful. We're not letting the Lord do His part. We're not relying on Him. What about your finances? You know, we are supposed to be good stewards of what we have, right? So we have our part. Are we leaving the rest up to God? All areas of your life. And the last one for today, number three, El Shaddai, El Shaddai. This word appears 48 times in the word that, that, that first appears. Um, it has several different meanings, but we, I boiled it down to this. Some of these words have a lot of meanings, but in your notes, it means God Almighty. Watch this in Genesis 17, 1 and 2. Ready? When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. So he's kind of answering uh, his questions early on, right? Oh, you people of little faith. Do you not know who you serve? God Almighty. We've seen God open wombs in this church. He's about to open Sarah's womb, right? Walk before me and be blameless. I will confirm my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Who couldn't use that this morning in every area of their life? Basically, this name comes from the word field, as fields produce abundance, right? Do you know it also can be translated as breast, which signifies nourishment and productivity? That's amazing. In your notes, with that in mind, with those words in mind, it means this. God is shown as the one who is more than enough. You don't need meth to solve your problems. Because they don't solve anything, right? They just delay them. You don't need drugs. You don't need alcohol. You don't need other people to fulfill you. God is more than enough for you. He who is all-sufficient. When you see the name El Shaddai, God is saying, I am more than enough to meet your needs in every situation. El Shaddai means that God shows His all-sufficiency by turning nature around. Listen, by turning nature around and providing a miracle that doesn't make sense in the natural. 
This is what happened when he caused Abraham and Sarah to have a child at 99 and 89 years old. Wow. Something we think is impossible. That's what he loves to do. He loves to show you El Shaddai. In an impossible situation, if you would just stop trying to fix it on your own and rely on him and trust him, watch him. Watch what he'll do. He will do something you think is impossible. In our scripture, it uses the word almighty. So in your notes, the word almighty always relates to blessings and multiplication. It speaks of more than enough, abundances, more than you can handle, more than you have storehouses for. So you know what? Maybe some of us or all of us should start building in our hearts more storehouses to receive the blessings that are about to come. Amen? Amen. So I went to Leanne this morning for prayer for my thumb. I was loading um, plywood in and out of my truck and into the parsonage this week and something kind of, I don't know what it did. I'm 50 years old and 51 in two weeks and something happened. So last week, it was my ear. I went on vacation, and I thought I damaged my ear with a Q-tip, and I couldn't hear out of that ear the entire week. So I went up to her last Sunday. She anointed me, and by the end of the service, it was gone. I can hear again. And I was about to make an appointment for a doctor because I was really scared about what I did. It's gone. So then I went to there this morning with my hand, and I just said, you know, hey, you just need to pray for my hand. I'm real, it doesn't hurt at all right now. I was in a lot of pain the last couple days, and seriously, I just realized, because sometimes it takes me a while, you know, takes me a while, but it's, it's still a little sore, but I'm believing that, that full healing is coming, but it doesn't hurt near as much as it did. But then all of a sudden, God spoke to her to turn my hand over, and she anointed my hands for blessings to come. This is really funny. So I turn after she's done praying, and Chester has his wallet out. So I just said, okay, Lord, I'll test it. And I walked over. to I just left my hand like that, and I walked over, and I went like that, and he laid $20 in my hand. $20. Now, it's for the children's church pool party, but still, I took it. You know, I said, wow, Leanne, this is amazing. God is almighty. So maybe that was just, uh, uh, what do you say when he shows you a sign? Maybe it's a sign of things to come, even though this is for the children's church party, as long as I don't spend it before tonight. Um, maybe that's just what's really coming. That's what the Lord spoke. So I'm, I'm going to have my hands open, right? People that have their hands like this can't receive. People that don't tithe because they're afraid of paying their bills with hands like this, they can't receive anything. We're supposed to live a life like this. Lord, you give and take away. So if you need something, take it. And I, this hand's forgiving. So I'll, I'll just keep them both open. I love people who live this kind of lifestyle. I'm not there yet. But I love hanging out with people that do. And God has given me a friend recently that really understands this, and it's wrecking me. I don't even know what to do with it. I just want to hang out with this guy 24 hours a day. It's amazing. Jesus said, I came to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. He was speaking of El Shaddai, the one who supplies an abundance of nourishment for your body, soul, and spirit. Think about Moses and the children of Israel. They saw miracle after miracle after miracle. The hand of God overcoming nature itself. For 40 years, those people had no grocery bill, no water bill, no heating or air conditioning bills, and they never had to buy new shoes or garments. For 40 years, their Bible says their shoes never wore out. And they didn't stand in one place. They crossed the desert. That's El Shaddai. 
That is awesome. And if God could do it back then for two million people, don't you think he can do it for you? We just need to receive and accept that from God right now in our hearts. I will stand under the shadow of El Shaddai because he is more than enough, more than I ever will need. He's more than enough to heal me. He's more than enough to meet my financial needs. He's more than enough to forgive me when I can't forgive myself. He's more than enough to put my marriage back together. We need to live under the shadow of El Shaddai. Listen, if you don't claim that, the devil will steal it from you. The Bible says that Abraham's blessings rest upon us. You know, the increase your number thing? It's on us. It's our promise that God has made. Blessings from El Shaddai. In the book of Numbers, just before the Israelites went forth to take the land of promise, you know, they, they, something happened that really ruined it for them. They sent some men into the promised land to find out what they would be claiming for themselves, what God had promised. And when they came back, they said, the land is beautiful there, but there are giants there. We will never take this land. You realize those men brought back an evil report. It was a report that did not agree with El Shaddai, the word of God, the God who provides. So what happened? God said, okay. Because you will not let me be El Shaddai in your life more than enough to put you over these giants, you're not going in. I will let your children go in. So you just sit there until you all die, and then I will release your children to go in. Maybe they'll believe in me. Remember, don't ever forget with this message, we have our part. So you can still say, well, then where's my money, pastor? Listen, some of you are really bad stewards of what he's already given you, and you've become unthankful for what he's already given you. You have to do your part, and then he will do the rest with your finances. He, he's the one that will multiply it, but you have to be good with what he's given you. I want to live like this. Faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ, Romans 10, 17, which basically means in your notes this, place your trust in El Shaddai, and he will turn your natural circumstances around and give you supernatural miracles. Listen, God will never force you to do anything, and his purpose and his will are found in his word. You can break it and go around it if you desire, but if you do, if you go outside of God's will, you are in Satan's territory. Just know, just know that. You can do what you want. But just understand, like we always say, if you're on the fence, Satan owns the fence. Okay? But when you make God Adonai, your master, and learn to worship him as El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one, what you think is impossible will become possible. So most of us know the story of Job, right? If you don't, you have to take time to read the story of Job. We said that the name El Shaddai is used 48 times in the whole Bible. Guess what? In the story of Job, 30 of those times are told in that story. 30 of those times that El Shaddai is used is in the story of Job alone. If you know what Job went through, it probably doesn't surprise you. And the point from Job's perspective is this. After losing his entire family, after losing his health, possessions, and fortune, he basically was left with nothing, and he was on his deathbed. This is what the, what the perspective that came from that. <laughs> you might have walked in here this morning feeling like your life was a complete disaster. 
Read the story of Job because El Shaddai can work around total disaster. Genesis 6-9 says this, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not quit. And some of you have been talking, and you're on the verge of quitting. Guess what? Then that means you're in Satan's territory. Because you don't believe in El Shaddai. Just because you're not getting what you want, you're ready to quit the faith. And you get to choose that. But boy, I hoped after today... You choose El Shaddai. God is saying, hang in there. Let me bless you. Job ended up with 10 more children. He lived about 70 more years. He became incredibly wealthy. Listen, he became more blessed in his latter years than in his former years. You want to know why? He had to be patient. Go ahead, Katie. Job had to be patient. Everyone say, be patient. patient. Hang in there. Trust him, right? He just had to wait for nine months. And then all of a sudden, he had so many blessings, he didn't know what to do with it. He had to trust, right? Job had to trust. Everyone say trust. Trust. He knew El Shaddai. And after some frustration and distraction, guess what else he had to do? (laughs) This is great. He had to choose to worship God even though. Everybody say even though. Right? He did. Even though his life seemed to be falling apart, he chose to worship God Anyway, have you ever wondered, is there any hope for me? Have you ever wondered that? I want you to know this morning, yes, there is hope for you. If you've blown it, repent and get out of the mess you're in. El Shaddai can turn it around for you. El Shaddai wants to be more than enough for you. Speak of him, get to know him, trust him, the all-sufficient one. So just in closing, I just want to give you some more insight before we go into worship. Just with two songs, chill out. Listen, I'm ahead of the game, Ryan. We got to 1130 if you want to be out on time. I don't, look, I don't want to look at the clock. I don't want to be one of those churches. Check this out. El Shaddai. His mercies are never ending. Do you know what the Bible says? The Bible says they are new every morning if you choose them. His grace is sufficient. He will always forgive you if you just ask. He will give you a joy unspeakable and full of glory. You won't even be able to describe it to your friends and everybody at work is going to think you're a freak. That's our goal. Not really to be freaky, but you know, Jesus freaks, right? We need to stick out. You know, we were having a conversation last night about churches who are introducing rock and roll music to their church, you know, because they're, they're desperate for something to grow. I will, I, I'm just not one of those guys. I don't need, as you've heard me say, Justin Timberlake to grow my church. God grows my church. I just need to be obedient to him. Right? He gives a peace that passes all understanding. Your cup will overflow with blessings. This is all from the word of God. El Shaddai. So we're going to end right there and pick up next week a lot more of the names of God. But for now, as the worship team comes, let me remind you of this thought. I don't want you to think for one moment that this series is just focused on worshiping only here at church, okay? We are practicing today and celebrating today what should be going on out there. Last week I said worship should be a lifestyle. We should be worshiping God 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. While you're changing your flat tire, while you get bad news from the doctor, even when life is good. 
You don't just worship when you're with a group of Christians in a meeting setting. Your worship is at home, at work, and while you're even playing. We're going to worship tonight as we're jumping in the pool. Let me remind you, I want to see you there. I'm going to be taking a attendance tonight. I want to, I want to rock Rhonda's world. And, and, and listen, if you can't be there, this, this is what this money was for. This money was Chester saying, listen, I don't look good in my bathing suit. Um, so I'm just going to give you this money and you give it to the team. So Rhonda, just please take this before I spend it when the service is over. Um, Chester has a farmer's tan and he just doesn't want you to see it. Just kidding. Chester can't make it, so he's supporting the ministry. If you can't make it, you can give to Rhonda. Wave your hand. You can give to her. Let, let's blow the children's church. Plus, there's, there's an incentive. If they raise $250, with, not with this money, but with the hot dogs and soda, I'm going to get a pie in my face tonight. So there's an incentive. So you have to buy hot dogs and chips and soda in order for that to happen. So let's keep that straight. So if Chester gives you a $100 bill to make that happen, that doesn't count. No, he has to buy hot dogs. Listen, I make the rules because it's my face. Remember, remember, we are practicing now for heaven. And I, this is what I would like to do in our worship right now, because we're going to leave the kids downstairs so they're not a distraction. I would like heaven to hear us this morning. And I would like heaven to come down and join us. Wouldn't that be amazing? He on earth as it is in heaven, right? Can you imagine? We may not get out until 7 tonight, just in time for the pool party. Are you ready for that? What other plans do you have? If heaven comes to earth, where, what else do you have to do? Seriously. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to end our service with true worship to Elohim, the God of mighty power and authority who created the universe. To Adonai, the Lord our God, our Master who protects, provides, and directs us. Just close your eyes now as I speak. To El Shaddai, God Almighty, He who is all-sufficient, more than enough, the God of blessings and the God of the impossible. Name above all names. These three alone are enough to worship Him with all of our heart. Remember the question last week. Why do we need to continually worship God? Because our enemy never rests. So Father, help us to believe You, God, as the God of gods, with all of Your power and might, the authority over all things, Lord, and You give us that. Help us to choose You as Lord and Master of our lives. By the way, you know what I love about Elohim, uh, the Creator? And I think you might have heard me, but I didn't really expound on it. Do you realize that the Lord gives you the gift to be creative? And to create. I just want you to think about that at your workplace at home. Don't limit yourself. God wants to bring out, I really believe as I was preparing this on Thursday, He wants to bring out the gift of creativity in people. Writing books, writing songs, poems, artwork, whatever it is. Uh, engineering things, designing things, and, and, and literally make a patent and make money on it. I mean, I just want you to think about this. We limit ourselves and we sit in awe of these people who are sitting on a beach somewhere because they created a little tie that we're using on our, on our truck to tie a string. I believe God's going to release us. Actually, the, the intercessory prayer team kind of last year or this year uh, really believes that God shared that with our church. And so far, we've written a devotional. Uh, there's been a song written by Angel and Dusty. I mean, come on, this is, stuff's happening. He wants to bring creativity out of you. The person who created the universe is in you to create new things. Father, we just ask for, lastly, Lord, that we, we believe and trust in you as El Shaddai. Help us to trust you in our current situation. As we worship, Father, we're going we're to give that situation to you. 
our children, our job, our finances, whatever it is. Go ahead and start playing, Amy. Are you ready? Are you ready to, to really understand what true worship is? Total focus on Elohim and Adonai and El Shaddai.
uh, this song was written by one of the sons of this house. his confession that God is good and he works wonders. We're going to sing it all over again. Now, uh, a friend of mine, Dick Mills, he's with the Lord now, but he told us a story years ago. He's really being harassed by the devil. So he got two chairs, made them face each other in a room. He said, devil, sit down. I'm going to worship God, and you're going to watch me. <laughs> and if you knew Dick, you knew that's exactly how he would do it. We've come here with all kinds of opportunities, open doors, levels of favor. We've come with all kinds of challenges. We've come with all kinds of problems. We've come with all kinds of stuff. And I'd like it, but there's any way you can do it, just stick all of it right in front of you. We don't need greater strategies. We don't need, I believe in it, but we need him. We need the almighty God to be so present upon us, with us, in us, through us, all around us. And I don't know, we may sing this for another hour, except we'd probably exhaust the team, but I, I want us to sing this song for a while. I want them to start at the beginning. And I want you to take everything you can think of that you're facing. That's a challenge. That's an impossibility. I want you to look at it solid and then begin to declare that our God is the God of miracles. Our God is the God of miracles. is moving here in front the one who made the death thing is silencing my every fear silencing my every fear and I believe in you I believe in you you are the God of
Sing the God who was and is. The God who was and is to come. Lift your voice. The power. The God who brings the dead.
2016 really lonely really lonely can you just put your hand on your heart may have been surrounded by people but there was a loneliness internally that you couldn't shake this is the year loneliness ends for you yeah we just prophesy this is the year loneliness ends for you found 
guests. We are excited because last week uh, was the introduction to a new series that we started on worship. And if you missed last week, I encourage you to get it on CD. Uh, if I can edit it and get it on the website, we'll get it on there this week. Um, so you can always just scroll down to the, to the worship series and listen to it. Uh, we really just hope that you're blessed by being with us. I think we're pretty fabulous people who are just running after God with all of our heart, right? We're not perfect. We're, we're here at church. Be, you know, see, the world thinks we go to church because we think we're perfect. We're here because we know we're not. And we cannot survive without the Holy Spirit in our lives and the presence of God, right? But what we really hope is that you're transformed by being in the presence of God, as I said earlier. Last week, we said that the first thing that you need to understand is that worship is not limited to songs. Are you listening? Worship is not li limited to songs. It's not even limited to a worship service. But I think that's what a lot of Christians have reduced this to. So the question really is like, how much do I worship God outside these walls? Because I do a pretty good job on Sunday morning putting my game face on, my Sunday morning face. But how well do I do outside? Do I only worship on Sundays for an hour and a half? Because we're to worship God at work. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That's so funny because so many of you are miserable at work. You hate your job. You've allowed the enemy to not see the blessing of your job. <laughs> you are to be worshiping God all day at work. And the world is supposed to see it. And they're supposed to think you're weird. Because when you get weird enough, they're going to come up to you and say, what is wrong with you? <laughs> oh, I couldn't wait for you to ask me that question. We're to worship Him at home with our marvelous teenage children. Even that 13-year-old daughter or 12, about to be 13, 12. I wasn't even thinking of her, but I was just thinking, you're the only one I know that's really close because, man, I'll tell you, that 13-year-old stage with my daughters was rough. I don't know how, if I even worshipped at all during that period. <laughs> Okay, I don't know. Maybe I was on my knees a lot. I, don't, I, don't, it, I tried to block that out, okay? We are to worship, and I know some of you are in the middle of this. We are to worship in battle. And some of you are in battle. We're to worship if we get sent to jail. We're to worship in bed. And remember what I said last week, and Angel backed it up uh, with, with some scripture. We are to worship in our sleep. See, if we fill our minds with the right stuff throughout the day, we will dream about God. And we will dream about things of God. And God will give us visions and dreams in our sleep about the future and the past and the present. I mean, come on. But if we're filling it with crap, that's what we're going to dream about. Okay? I don't know. I don't know if I'm right. The point is, is worship should be our first activity when we open our eyes in the morning and our last activity when we close our eyes at night. Worship is what connects us to intimately with God, we said last week, and it's one of the key ingredients to changing your life. So I'm going to put these two statements from last week up because I thought they were very powerful. We haven't even started today's message, so bear with me. It's, we do have a lot of ground to cover. We will worship something or someone. Isn't that true? We will. The question is who or what? So John Riley, when we talk about worshiping at work and at home, I want you to think about this. This was his quote about worship. Worship is everything we think, everything we say, and everything we do, revealing that which we treasure and value most in life. Everything we, everything we think, so think about 
well, you know, I really need to get my tongue in order and I need to worship him better with my mouth. Think about trying to worship him up here and not letting the enemy reign up here. I think that would help your mouth, right? We have been designed to worship by God. So it isn't enough, we said last week, to get, enough, uh, to get a little religion in your life. The men and women that God is looking for are the ones who are consumed. Everybody say consumed. Consumed with adoration and worship for their creator. 24 hours a day, from the time you open your eyes to the time you close them. And so then we ended with this question, which leads us into today. If we're going to worship him, shouldn't we know who we're worshiping? We should know who he is, right? So that's what we're going to do for the next two weeks. I just want to show you who God is. And by the way, we're, we're still not even to the sermon that Tom Seaman wrote, okay? This is all just stuff that I wanted to do before we even started it. So it's kind of like a three-part introduction. Go with me to John chapter 4, if you will. If you didn't bring a Bible, under the chairs in front of you are black Bibles. If you don't know where John is, you can go to page 1053. 1053. John chapter 4. I won't have you turning a lot. I just want you to turn here, and then we're just going to kind of zip through. All the verses will be up on the screen. If you can keep up with me to highlight and make notes, that's great, but you're probably just going to want to jot something down and go back to it later, just for the sake of time. Remember we talked about how Jesus taught the woman at the well the heart of the Father when he said in John 4, 23, yet a time is coming and now has come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshipers that the Father seeks. Remember that from last week? The Father is seeking true worshipers. But why did he say that to this Samaritan woman at the well? Let's look at the verse right before that statement to see why. John 4, 22. You Samaritans worship... I can't hear you. What you do not know. So... Would you agree when I, with me when I say that that's a problem? Okay, maybe not. So maybe I can convince you before you leave here. Maybe you are here this morning and you have just begun a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've just restored your relationship with him. Maybe you really don't know who God is, who Jesus is. So I want to help you with that this morning and next week. Maybe you've been a believer for a long time, but you've forgotten who God is. And some of us are questioning that because of what's coming out of your mouth, the negativity about your life. Maybe you've forgotten who he is and what his role could be in your life. Maybe, just maybe, we are worshiping God for who we want him to be instead of who he really is. Ooh, that's good right there. That's so good, it's worth repeating. Maybe we are worshiping God for who we want him to be instead of who he really is. Maybe that's why, even as believers, we are finding ourselves struggling with discouragement and depression and loneliness and addictions and sickness because we have forgotten who God really is. And we have forgotten about the power behind his name. Maybe. So I don't want you to just discount what we are about to do together. It is very powerful, and it's important to know and to affirm who God is. And true worshipers are on an eternal quest to know God, right? Isn't that our goal here? It's not to make it to heaven. It's to know God. 
And we said last week, it's also equally important to experience who he is in every area of our lives. And that usually happens in our worship to him. Listen, I'm not saying that this is an easy quest. Because God is a God sometimes that reveals himself. And sometimes he hides himself. I don't know why, but that's just the way he works sometimes. But knowing who he is will not only help us to express our worship to Him, but it will also inform and shape the way we worship, and it will reveal why we worship. So here's the big question for the day. Do you know who God is? Do you know His name? Do you know His names? There are hundreds of them, so I don't expect you to know all of them. But what do you know of God? We're going to take a look at some of them, but for the sake of the time, we're just going to hone in on a few today, and then we're going to look at some more next week. We are not going to cover all 900, okay? Just a couple, so relax. It's not going to be a long summer. You realize August is right around the corner. Yeah. With just this little list that we're going to cover, it should help you be able to know who you are worshiping. This short list should change the way and the why that you worship from now on. So here are in your notes the names of God to help us know who God is. By the way, for the record, I'm not a Hebrew or Greek scholar, so I will mispronounce probably all of these words. I promise you. Okay, ready? Number one in your notes. Elohim. Elohim. However you want to say it. Elohim. This is... The Hebrew translation in your notes for the name God means God. It is the very first title of God that you encounter in the Bible. It shows up over 2,500 times in the Bible. So it must be important for us to understand the meaning of it. Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning God, Elohim, created the heavens and the earth. In your notes, the word describes God's power and authority. It, it describes a lot more, but it really... To encapsulate, it's just his power and authority. His greatness and glory. He is, listen, this is so big. This is so big as you encounter people in the world. He is the God of gods. The highest of all. Elohim gives us a new view of God's power. He becomes the God who creates. Try to wrap your human minds around that. So when someone tells you that you, they don't believe in your God, you can just say to them, hey, my God created your God. You might want to watch the tone of your voice when you say it, right? Because we're not in the business of escalating conversations about God, right? In your notes, it is shown in the very first verse in the Bible that God is the creator. God is the creator. I'm, I'm just thinking that our view of God may be too small. What do you think? Genesis 1-1 makes the statement that a tremendous, mighty, unimaginable power and creativity was used to create the universe. That should get a lot of amens. I mean, wow, if there's anything else, the fact that he created the universe should blow our minds and not want to serve any other gods. By the way, do you know how big the universe is? Let's start in our own backyard. From what we know, did you know that the Milky Way galaxy is made up of 100 billion stars? The universe is made up of 100 billion galaxies. And the total number of stars is, yeah, that number. It's called 100 sextillion and then triple that number. 
Now, let's balance that with the Word of God. Check this out. Isaiah 40, 26. Lift your eyes and look to the heavens. Who, create, who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls them each by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. He knows exactly where they are. Elohim has named each one of the stars that he created, and he knows where each one of them are. That is amazing. We should stop right there and just go into worship. That's enough for me. But did you also know, and this is so cool when I researched this, that the sun is an all-consuming ball of fire that is 27 million degrees at its core. Our sun is one of the small stars. But look at the words all-consuming. What do we know about our God? Well, look at Hebrews 12, 28, 29. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Wow, that's such a great word right there. Let us be thankful and so worship God. Everybody say worship God, right? Come on. Acceptably and with reverence and awe. For our God is the sun. An all-consuming fire that never fades and never burns out. Wow. Did you also know that without the moon, there would be no tides. There would be no vacation in Myrtle Beach. I mean, maybe, but it'd be pretty boring. The earth is tilted at 23 degrees, and if, it were just, if there was just a slight change in this tilt, the north and south poles would be colder and the equator would be much hotter, and only half of the land on planet earth could be lived on. And many plants and animals would instantly die if there was just a one to two degree change in it. Wow. Psalms 19.1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. We don't even have to have an experience in church, folks. All you have to do is look at nature to go, wow, there is a God. There's scripture that says that. Did you know that there are over 1 million animal species and close to 2 million plant species and 950,000 species of insects? I killed one of them this morning. Sorry, Lord. But it was freaking me out in the shower, okay? If that isn't amazing enough, do you know that all, of all of God's creations, the greatest thing that He created is you? Did you know that you have 15 extremely complex systems that make up your body? Your circulatory system has 75,000 miles of blood vessels. Your heart is the most trustworthy pump in the world. It beats 100,000 times in one day and about 35 million times in a year. There are 60 trillion cells in an adult body. Your brain has over 100 billion cells in it. Unless you smoke marijuana. Yes, I did say that. And that one cell is more complex than all of New York City. What do you say to that? Maybe wow? Maybe fall to your knees and begin to worship now? This is my point. <laughs> I love this. Your God is too big. He's too big to be messing with sin. He's too big to be serving someone else or something else. Why would you? Oh my. 
And if you can handle all of this about God, here's another cool thing about this Hebrew word, Elohim. This is really awesome. The ending of this word is plural, which means it involves more than one person. Hmm, isn't that interesting? Elohim. No other single word could describe this element of God's personality. The word describes the divine trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So let me give you an analogy to kind of help you with this if, if you're struggling with how that all works. So just think about God as the architect in your notes. You can fill this in. God is the architect. Jesus is the builder. And remember, this was part of our Driven by Eternity series. Remember, John Bevere presented this. Jesus is the builder, and the Holy Spirit is the one who breathes life into the structure, which is you. Wow. I want you to listen carefully to this because it has the potential to not only change your view of God, but also some of you need a different view of yourself. Are you ready? Elohim takes on this plural definition then, right? It means those who are mighty and powerful. Those three people. Mighty and powerful. Those who are creative and sovereign. God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And the best part is this. When you invite Jesus into your heart, that same might, power, creativity, and authority is available to you. It is in you. That's why it should be life-changing to know the Lord. You shouldn't be still doing the same things year after year. You should see some constant change. You should be bettering yourself because the living God who created the universe is in you. Woo! Wow, that's enough to stop and have Amy come now. God said in Genesis 1, let us make man in our image after our own likeness. Elohim is the name in which God reveals his power and God knows how to take care of his creation. He knows how to take care of you. So why don't you stop trying to take care of you and let him you know the control thing? If you've entered into a covenant relationship with him, he is the God of might and power. And if he can give Abraham and Moses, I want you to think of their stories, and David and Joseph and Job, if he can give them the might and power to win, he can give you the might and power to win as well. So what is it going to take for you to realize the impact of having a covenant or promise with an almighty Elohim God? The God who's more than able to put you over any mountain or difficulty that you face. If God, Elohim, is for you, who can possibly be against you? He knows where every star is, and He's named them. He knows every hair on your head. I don't know if He's named them, but probably. Some of them are named Gray, and some of them are named Died. <laughs> I didn't mean to look at you, but <laughs> I didn't. It just, no, no, seriously, that's just where my eyes were, but I really wasn't thinking that. Some are named Short, some Long, some Curly, right? I don't know. Some Gone. Some goes. <laughs> yeah, we, we had a service for those hairs. Yeah. Right? What is it going to take, folks, for you to realize Elohim? The God who can take care of all of your situations, if you allow Him to. In your notes. Elohim is more powerful than any person or thing that exists. And guess what? He's on your side. 
if he's your master and Lord, as we're going to get into next. God wants you to rely on him as your source of power and might. He wants to be Elohim to you, for you, and in you. And the very circumstance that you are in right now, will you just, let's just close our eyes. Father, just the, the, the thing that we're in right now, whatever it is, a financial situation or uh, even maybe a sticky family reunion today. I don't know how that's going to go. Maybe it's going to be difficult. But whatever it is, Lord, uh, our job, our children, our finances, our addiction. Father, will you just renew our mind and our spirit and our soul and our hearts today? Renew our view of who you are so that it will renew our view of ourself and it'll wreck our worship. In Jesus' name, amen. Right? This should change your emotions. Every time you see the word God, I want you to think that that's Elohim, the God of might and power, and he's my God. And folks, this is just one of the names of God. There are like 900. Wow. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to start singing now. Just this one. I know some of you are thinking, well, why don't we? We get out of here earlier, but just because I'm a preacher and I like to talk. So hang in there. What are you in such a hurry for? Just this one name only has the potential of changing how you worship. Number two. Number two in your notes. Adonai. It has doe in it, so any hunter will love this name, Adonai. This word appears about 300 times in the Old Testament. It's one of the names that a lot of people struggle with. You want to know why? Go ahead, Katie. Put it up there. Uh-oh. Because it means Lord. It means Master. It means God is Lord and we are His servants. Lord, the definition means master or ruler, owner. I, I capitalize that because I think when you see that in the definition of Lord, you really struggle with that one. Well, no one owns me. Well, that's sad. Because someone owns me. Superior. Adonai reflects our responsibility as his servants. In other words, in your notes, knowing him as Adonai, Lord, will help you in making a deeper commitment to him. As Lord and Master in your notes, Adonai protects, it provides, and directs his people. I'll give you a minute to fill those in. If I know that I'm the servant of Adonai, I'm going to have a deeper commitment to him. I'm going to have a deeper commitment to his church. And I'm going to have a deeper commitment to my responsibilities in the church. And in my life, with my children, in my job. Because what is God, what is the Bible or what does the Lord say about your job? Do it as unto Him. This is why it's so crucial to have more than religion in your life. There are a lot of Christians who have still not made God Lord and Master of their lives. And that is why they struggle with so much without ever reaching a solution to the, or the end to their problems. They have not yet surrendered their wills to their Father. Genesis 15, 1 and 2 talks about God's covenant with Abraham. Look at how Abraham addresses God. Adonai tries to direct and provide for him. And it says in verse 1 of Genesis 15, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. There he goes. There's the heart of Adonai. 
Do not be afraid of losing your job. I'll take care of you. Do not be afraid that your car blew up yesterday. I'll take care of you. Plus, look at all the people that love you. They're not going to let you fail. Abram, I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abraham said, Sovereign Lord. I just want you to look at how he addressed him. Don't read on because it's kind of a negative here. But, but just look at how he addressed him. Sovereign Lord. Start your prayers like that. Sovereign Lord. Thank you for loving me. Sovereign Lord, Abraham says, Master, in your notes, Adonai is the master whose servants have chosen to serve him because they love him. Chosen to serve him because they love him. Some of you are here this morning and you have never chosen God as your Lord and master. And I don't have to know you to know your story. You've been running around for years looking for something to fulfill you. You've chased all kinds of gods. Can I tell you something? Your search this morning is over. He's right here. You're seeing him. You're feeling him. You're, you're experiencing him. Elohim, Adonai. God wants you to make a decision today to make him Lord and master of your life. And I'm not just talking to unbelievers. I'm talking to some of you Christians that have not yet surrendered your life to him. We can help you at the end of today's service if you've never said a prayer. Or you can just talk to God yourself. That's what's really cool. Just ask him to forgive you from your past. He can wipe your slate totally clean. And then ask him to be the Lord and master of your life. You don't have to get perfect before you start this. You don't take a bath before you get in the shower, right? So it's just ridiculous. Come to him as you are. He'll accept you just as you are. Don't compare yourself to other Christians in the room. And then just keep coming to a church that preaches the truth and, and keep learning about what that means for you. And we will join you if you join us. We will join you as a church and we will help you to learn about Adonai, the master whose servants have chosen to serve him because they love him. Do you know the word bond slave? Have you ever heard bond slave before? It's, it's found in Exodus 21. Uh, the Israelites allowed slavery on a limited basis. So if a man was so poor that he could not support himself financially, or if he was in danger of poverty or starvation, he could actually go to an Israelite and say, could I be your slave for six years? As a slave, this man was responsible for obeying every order and his master would provide all of his food, all of his lodging, all of his direction and protection for those six years. Slaves were subject to all of their master's desires during that six-year period. It was, it was a covenant relationship. I'm, I'm also reminded of the scene in the Garden of Gethsemane, Gethsemane where Jesus is praying about the physical death that he's about to face. Remember this scene in Luke 22? And he says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. And that's exactly what happened, right? An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Jesus was saying, I am more than a servant. I am a bond slave to my Father's will. No matter the cost, I will perform your will, not mine. That was what he was basically saying. And you know, today he still carries the signs of his bond slavery. Scars on his hands, his back, his feet, and on his head. Jesus, the bond slave to his Father, willingly hung on the cross and pierced because he loves you. 
The reason that this one is so tough for some of us is because we cringe at the thought of God having complete ownership of us. Because no one owns me. I have rights. I'm a free spirit. Nobody can tell me what to do. Right? This is, this is what society tells you. I have to be my own person. If that's you this morning, I have news for you. You are not a free spirit. You have been bought with a price. You are not a free spirit. You have been bought with a price. You've been purchased for the expensive price of your master's own blood. But in becoming a bond slave to Adonai, you will be free in him. You will have freedom. Just not freedom to do whatever you want to do that leads you really to death. Right? The only freeing spirit is the Holy Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. You have to understand that you can receive Jesus as your personal Savior and still not make Him the master of your life. In your notes. Let's tie the two together. You can only know Him as Elohim when you put Adonai in the place of control in your life. Uh-oh. Some of you were like, yeah, um, no. That's not going to happen. Well, that's what Abraham kind of was struggling with. Genesis 15, 2. Let's go back to that story. Abram said, O sovereign Lord, what can you give me? What can you possibly give me? See, this is what happens when you take control of your own life. You start losing faith in God. Or you lose your faith first and then you take control. What can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eleazar of Damascus? Abraham knew that he had made a covenant with God. But for a moment, just like we do, I think he forgot the Elohim and the Adonai God that he served. And he says, um, God, uh, remember your promise to me? Well, I'm getting old. And you made me a promise, but it can't be fulfilled without children. Do you realize that? Do you realize that, Elohim? Hello? Do you notice me, God? I mean, how many of us have done this? Do you see my struggles? <laughs> Listen, if he has placed every star in place and named them, he knows what's going on in your life. Okay? Can we just settle that right now? Stop the pity party. But God doesn't love me. He doesn't care for me. He doesn't even know I exist, so I might as well just end my life. No. That's a lie from the enemy. He's Elohim. He knows where every star is, and he knows right where you are this morning. Now I wish I was on Facebook, because I'd go, and some of you are at home. No. <laughs> Abraham, Abraham, Abraham. Um, God, I'm getting old. And you made me a promise. Where are you? How are you going to do this? Have you ever thought to yourself, I thought I had a covenant with the Lord. Why aren't His promises coming past in my life? Have you ever thought that? My question back to you is, have you really made Him your master? Many people think the word master describes someone who's going to squeeze them under their thumb. Isn't that what the world, world's view of God is? He's a God up there with an iron hammer and He's just waiting for you to mess up so He can go, you messed up, you're done. That's what they think. But that's not who God is. That's not, that's not true of God. He wants to lift you up and give you authority. Think about that. He wants to release you into who He is. Okay, maybe you're not getting it. 
the Adonai wants you to be very, 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 very victorious. Adonai wants to protect you and care for you, but if you won't let him, he can't. He won't, I should say. Because he's given you free will. Right? It took the Apostle Paul for a while to, be, to, to make God Adonai in his life. Remember, Paul used to uh, have Christians arrested and killed for a living. Paul's heart was softened, softened the moment he said, you are my master. Listen to his heart later on. After he had surrendered his, to his new owner, Adonai. This is Paul speaking. 1 Corinthians 7, 22. For he who was a slave when he was called by the Lord is the Lord's freed man. Similarly, he who was a free man when he was called is Christ's slave. In your notes. Paul began to understand that commitment is crucial in order to have results. Commitment is crucial in order to have results. If you want to be totally free, be 100% committed to the Lord as His bond slave, and you will be free no matter what's going on in your life. There will be no fear. There will be no worry. When you place Him in command and follow His direction, you are free from worry and fear. You are free. Do you see how you can affect the whole world by making Him Adonai in your life? You will. You will impact your workplace. You will impact your church. You will impact your neighborhood by making Him Lord over your life. And when you enter into any kind of worship, just surrender every aspect of your life to Him. Lord, and some of you need to do this in your prayer time. Lord, I give you my children. I am done trying to control them or overprotect them. You know, you do your thing as a parent, right? We're not supposed to just say, Lord, you take care of them and let them go wherever they want. We do our part, but some of us are over-controlling, over-protective, over-worried, over-fearful. We're not letting the Lord do His part. We're not relying on Him. What about your finances? You know, we are supposed to be good stewards of what we have, right? So we have our part. Are we leaving the rest up to God? All areas of your life. And the last one for today, number three, El Shaddai, El Shaddai. This word appears 48 times in the word that, that, that first appears. Um, it has several different meanings, but we, I boiled it down to this. Some of these words have a lot of meanings, but in your notes, it means God Almighty. Watch this in Genesis 17, 1 and 2. Ready? When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. So he's kind of answering uh, his questions early on, right? Oh, you people of little faith. Do you not know who you serve? God Almighty. We've seen God open wombs in this church. He's about to open Sarah's womb, right? Walk before me and be blameless. I will confirm my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Who couldn't use that this morning in every area of their life? Basically, this name comes from the word field, as fields produce abundance, right? Do you know it also can be translated as breast, which signifies nourishment and productivity? That's amazing. In your notes, with that in mind, with those words in mind, it means this. God is shown as the one who is more than enough. You don't need meth to solve your problems. 
Because they don't solve anything, right? They just delay them. You don't need drugs. You don't need alcohol. You don't need other people to fulfill you. God is more than enough for you. He who is all sufficient. When you see the name El Shaddai, God is saying, I am more than enough to meet your needs in every situation. El Shaddai means that God shows his all sufficiency by turning nature around. Listen, by turning nature around and providing a miracle that doesn't make sense in the natural. This is what happened when he caused Abraham and Sarah to have a child at 99 and 89 years old. Wow. Something we think is impossible. That's what he loves to do. He loves to show you El Shaddai. In an impossible situation, if you would just stop trying to fix it on your own and rely on him and trust him, watch him. Watch what he'll do. He will do something you think is impossible. In our scripture, it uses the word almighty. So in your notes, the word almighty always relates to blessings and multiplication. It speaks of more than enough, abundances, more than you can handle, more than you have storehouses for. So you know what? Maybe some of us or all of us should start building in our hearts more storehouses to receive the blessings that are about to come. Amen? Amen. So I went to Leanne this morning for prayer for my thumb. I was loading um, plywood in and out of my truck and into the parsonage this week and something kind of, I don't know what it did. I'm 50 years old and 51 in two weeks and something happened. So last week, it was my ear. I went on vacation, and I thought I damaged my ear with a Q-tip, and I couldn't hear out of that ear the entire week. So I went up to her last Sunday. She anointed me, and by the end of the service, it was gone. I can hear again. And I was about to make an appointment for a doctor because I was really scared about what I did. It's gone. So then I went to the, this morning with my hand, and I just said, you know, hey, you just need to pray for my hand. I'm real, it doesn't hurt at all right now. I was in a lot of pain the last couple of days, and seriously, I just realized, because sometimes it takes me a while, you know, takes me a while, but it's, it's still a little sore, but I'm believing that, that full healing is coming, but it doesn't hurt near as much as it did. But then all of a sudden, God spoke to her to turn my hand over, and she anointed my hands for blessings to come. This is really funny. So I turn after she's done praying, and Chester has his wallet out. So I just said, okay, Lord, I'll test it. And I walked over. to I just left my hand like that, and I walked over, and I went like that, and he laid $20 in my hand. $20. Now, it's for the children's church pool party, but still, I took it. You know, I said, wow, Leanne, this is amazing. God is almighty. So maybe that was just a, a, what do you say when he shows you a sign? Maybe it's a sign of things to come, even though this is for the children's church party, as long as I don't spend it before tonight. Um, maybe that's just what's really coming. That's what the Lord spoke. So I'm, I'm going to have my hands open, right? People that have their hands like this can't receive. People that don't tithe because they're afraid of paying their bills with hands like this, they can't receive anything. We're supposed to live a life like this. Lord, you give and take away. So if you need something, take it. And I, this hand's forgiving. So I'll, I'll just keep them both open. I love people who live this kind of lifestyle. I'm not there yet. But I love hanging out with people that do. And God has given me a friend recently that really understands this, and it's wrecking me. I don't even know what to do with it. I just want to hang out with this guy 24 hours a day. It's amazing. Jesus said, I came to give you life 
and give it to you more abundantly. He was speaking of El Shaddai, the one who supplies an abundance of nourishment for your body, soul, and spirit. Think about Moses and the children of Israel. They saw miracle after miracle after miracle. The hand of God overcoming nature itself. For 40 years, those people had no grocery bill, no water bill, no heating or air conditioning bills, and they never had to buy new shoes or garments. For 40 years, their Bible says their shoes never wore out. And they didn't stand in one place. They crossed the desert. That's El Shaddai. That is awesome. And if God could do it back then for 2 million people, don't you think he can do it for you? We just need to receive and accept that from God right now in our hearts. I will stand under the shadow of El Shaddai because he is more than enough, more than I ever will need. He's more than enough to heal me. He's more than enough to meet my financial needs. He's more than enough to forgive me when I can't forgive myself. He's more than enough to put my marriage back together. We need to live under the shadow of El Shaddai. Listen, if you don't claim that, the devil will steal it from you. The Bible says that Abraham's blessings rest upon us. You know, the increase your number thing? It's on us. It's our promise that God has made. Blessings from El Shaddai. In the book of Numbers, just before the Israelites went forth to take the land of promise, you know, they, they, something happened that really ruined it for them. They sent some men into the promised land to find out what they would be claiming for themselves, what God had promised. And when they came back, they said, the land is beautiful there, but there are giants there. We will never take this land. You realize those men brought back an evil report. It was a report that did not agree with El Shaddai, the word of God, the God who provides. So what happened? God said, okay, because you will not let me be El Shaddai in your life more than enough to put you over these giants, you're not going in. I will let your children go in. So you just sit there until you all die, and then I will release your children to go in. Maybe they'll believe in me. Remember, don't ever forget with this message, we have our part. So you can still say, well, then where's my money, pastor? Listen, some of you are really bad stewards of what he's already given you, and you've become unthankful for what he's already given you. You have to do your part, and then he will do the rest with your finances. He, he's the one that will multiply it, but you have to be good with what he's given you. I want to live like this. Faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ, Romans 10, 17, which basically means in your notes this, place your trust in El Shaddai, and he will turn your natural circumstances around and give you supernatural miracles. Listen, God will never force you to do anything, and his purpose and his will are found in his word. You can break it and go around it if you desire, but if you do, if you go outside of God's will, you are in Satan's territory. Just know, just know that. You can do what you want. But just understand, like we always say, if you're on the fence, Satan owns the fence. Okay? But when you make God Adonai, your master, and learn to worship him as El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one, what you think is impossible will become possible. So most of us know the story of Job, right? 
If you don't, you have to take time to read the story of Job. We said that the name El Shaddai is used 48 times in the whole Bible. Guess what? In the story of Job, 30 of those times are told in that story. 30 of those times that El Shaddai is used is in the story of Job alone. If you know what Job went through, it probably doesn't surprise you. And the point from Job's perspective is this. After losing his entire family, after losing his health, possessions, and fortune, he basically was left with nothing, and he was on his deathbed. This is what the, what the perspective that came from that. <laughs> you might have walked in here this morning feeling like your life was a complete disaster. Read the story of Job, because El Shaddai can work around total disaster. Genesis 6-9 says this, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not quit. And some of you have been talking, and you're on the verge of quitting. Guess what? Then that means you're in Satan's territory. Because you don't believe in El Shaddai. Just because you're not getting what you want, you're ready to quit the faith. And you get to choose that. But boy, I hoped after today... You choose El Shaddai. God is saying, hang in there. Let me bless you. Job ended up with 10 more children. He lived about 70 more years. He became incredibly wealthy. Listen, he became more blessed in his latter years than in his former years. You want to know why? He had to be patient. Go ahead, Katie. Job had to be patient. Everyone say, be patient. Be patient. Hang in there. Trust him, right? He just had to wait for nine months. And then all of a sudden, he had so many blessings, he didn't know what to do with it. He had to trust, right? Job had to trust. Everyone say trust. trust. He knew El Shaddai. And after some frustration and distraction, guess what else he had to do? <laughs> this is great. He had to choose to worship God even though. Everybody say even though. Yeah. Right? He did. Even though his life seemed to be falling apart, he chose to worship God Anyway, have you ever wondered, is there any hope for me? Have you ever wondered that? I want you to know this morning, yes, there is hope for you. If you've blown it, repent and get out of the mess you're in. El Shaddai can turn it around for you. El Shaddai wants to be more than enough for you. Speak of him, get to know him, trust him, the all-sufficient one. So just in closing, I just want to give you some more insight before we go into worship. Just with two songs, chill out. Listen, I'm ahead of the game, Ryan. We got to 11.30 if you want to be out on time. I don't, look, I don't want to look at the clock. I don't want to be one of those churches. Check this out. El Shaddai. His mercies are never ending. Do you know what the Bible says? The Bible says they are new every morning if you choose them. His grace is sufficient. He will always forgive you if you just ask. He will give you a joy unspeakable and full of glory. You won't even be able to describe it to your friends and everybody at work is going to think you're a freak. That's our goal. Not really to be freaky, but you know, Jesus freaks, right? We need to stick out. You know, we were having a conversation last night about churches who are introducing rock and roll music to their church, you know, because they're, they're desperate for something to grow. I will, I, I'm just not one of those guys. I don't need, as you've heard me say, Justin Timberlake to grow my church. God grows my church. I just need to be obedient to him. Right? He gives a peace that passes all understanding. 
Your cup will overflow with blessings. This is all from the Word of God. El Shaddai. So we're going to end right there and pick up next week a lot more of the names of God. But for now, as the worship team comes, let me remind you of this thought. I don't want you to think for one moment that this series is just focused on worshiping only here at church. Okay? We are practicing today and celebrating today what should be going on out there. Last week I said worship should be a lifestyle. We should be worshiping God 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. While you're changing your flat tire. While you get bad news from the doctor. Even when life is good. You don't just worship when you're with a group of Christians in a meeting setting. Your worship is at home, at work, and while you're even playing. We're going to worship tonight as we're jumping in the pool. Let me remind you, I want to see you there. I'm going to be taking an attendance tonight. I want to, I want to rock Rhonda's world. And, and, and listen, if you can't be there, this, this is what this money was for. This money was Chester saying, listen, I don't look good in my bathing suit. Um, so I'm just going to give you this money and you give it to the team. So Rhonda, just please take this before I spend it when the service is over. Um, Chester has a farmer's tan and he just doesn't want you to see it. Just kidding. Chester can't make it, so he's supporting the ministry. If you can't make it, you can give to Rhonda. Wave your hand. You can give to her. Let, let's blow the children's church. Plus, there's, there's an incentive. If they raise $250, with, not with this money, but with the hot dogs and soda, I'm going to get a pie in my face tonight. So there's an incentive. So you have to buy hot dogs and chips and soda in order for that to happen. So let's keep that straight. So if Chester gives you a $100 bill to make that happen, that doesn't count. No, he has to buy hot dogs. Listen, I make the rules because it's my face. Remember, remember, we are practicing now for heaven. And I, this is what I would like to do in our worship right now because we're going to leave the kids downstairs so they're not a distraction. I would like heaven to hear us this morning. And I would like heaven to come down and join us. Wouldn't that be amazing? He on earth as it is in heaven, right? Can you imagine? We may not get out until 7 tonight just in time for the pool party. Are you ready for that? What other plans do you have? If heaven comes to earth, where, what else do you have to do? Seriously. I'm going to pray and then we're going to end our service with true worship to Elohim, the God of mighty power and authority who created the universe. To Adonai, the Lord, our God, our master who protects, provides, and directs us. Just close your eyes now as I speak. To El Shaddai, God Almighty, he who is all sufficient, more than enough, the God of blessings and the God of the impossible. Name above all names. These three alone are enough to worship him with all of our heart. Remember the question last week. Why do we need to continually worship God? Because our enemy never rests. So Father, help us to believe you, God, as the God of gods with all of your power and might, the authority over all things, Lord, and you give us that. Help us to choose you as Lord and master of our lives. By the way, you know what I love about Elohim, uh, the creator? And I think you might have heard me, but I didn't really expound on it. Do you realize that the Lord gives you the gift to be creative and to create? I just want you to think about that at your workplace at home. Don't limit yourself. God wants to bring out, I really believe as I was preparing this on Thursday, He wants to bring out the gift of creativity in people. Writing books, writing songs, poems, 
artwork, whatever it is, uh, engineering things, designing things, and, and, and literally make a patent and make money on it. I mean, I just want you to think about this. We limit ourselves, and we sit in awe of these people who are sitting on a beach somewhere because they created a little tie that we're using on our, on our truck to tie a string. I believe God's going to release us. Actually, the, the intercessory prayer team kind of last year or this year uh, really believes that God shared that with our church. And so far, we've written a devotional. Uh, there's been a song written by Angel and Dusty. I mean, come on, this is, stuff's happening. He wants to bring creativity out of you. The person who created the universe is in you to create new things. Father, we just ask for, lastly, Lord, that we, we believe and trust in you as El Shaddai. Help us to trust you in our current situation. As we worship, Father, we're going we're gonna to give that situation to you. Our children, our job, our finances, whatever it is. Go ahead and start playing, Amy. Are you ready? Are you ready to, to really understand what true worship is? Total focus on Elohim and Adonai and El Shaddai.
Uh, this song was written by one of the sons of this house. his confession that God is good and he works wonders. We're going to sing it all over again. Now, uh, a friend of mine, Dick Mills, he's with the Lord now, but he told us a story years ago. He's really being harassed by the devil. So he got two chairs, made them face each other in a room. He said, devil, sit down. I'm going to worship God, and you're going to watch me. <laughs> and if you knew Dick, you knew that's exactly how he would do it. We've come here with all kinds of opportunities, open doors, levels of favor. We've come with all kinds of challenges. We've come with all kinds of problems. We've come with all kinds of stuff. And I'd like if there's any way you can do it, just stick all of it right in front of you. We don't need greater strategies. We don't need, I believe in it, but we need him. We need the almighty God to be so present upon us, with us, in us, through us, all around us. And I don't know, we may sing this for another hour, except we probably exhaust the team, but I, I want us to sing this song for a while. I want them to start at the beginning. And I want you to take everything you can think of that you're facing that's a challenge, that's an impossibility. I want you to look at it solid and then begin to declare that our God is the God of miracles. Our God is the God of miracles. is moving here in front The one who made the death scene is silencing my every fear silencing my every fear and I believe in you I believe in you you are the God of me Cool. 
Sing the God who was and is. The God who was and is to come. Lift your voice. The power. The God who brings the dead.
Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2016 really lonely, really lonely. Can you just put your hand on your heart? You may have been surrounded by people, but there was a loneliness internally that you couldn't shake. This is the year loneliness ends for you. 